The following is a presentation of the WRBB Sports Podcast Network. And we are back by popular demand. It's the Brookline Baseball Club presented by WRBB Sports. I'm Conka Bohr, joined as always by Peyton Doyle. Peyton, you are in sunny Connecticut right now. How are you doing down there? Um... Not Connecticut, currently sitting at my apartment in Boston, Massachusetts. If anything, Colin, you are south of me, currently in Georgia. But I'm, I am in Georgia. You know, it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, uh, a little windy today, a little windier yesterday, but I saw it's going to get in the 80s on Friday. So I'm excited. Haven't had that in months and months. So, uh, you know, yeah, doing well. Good Mother's Day. Some F1 on today. Has a nice yep. brunch that I made. Uh, yeah. How you doing, Colin? You know, I'm good. Talking about F1, my brother met Pierre Gasly a few days ago, and he like talked to him for like 15 minutes. So they're like they're like buds now. And apparently, he had his fastest lap ever. So I guess that's the Kyle effect for my brother. Not sure about that. Anyway, um, so this is the Brookline Baseball Club. It is your one-stop shop for all Huskies baseball content. Like I said, we're back by popular demand. It's been a minute since we sat down and recorded an episode, and in that time, Northeastern, they're on a bit of a winning streak here. They have won their past five games overall, make that six games overall. And they're looking very, very solid in CAA play. Their last CAA series was against the Towson Tigers at home on April 29th, and they swept them three-game sweep. Now they are at Hofstra. They won the first two games of that series. They're playing the second leg of a doubleheader today. They're currently down 5 nothing in that one. So, um, you know, we may see a huge rally by Northeastern, but that tournament win streak may come to an end but they are nine and eight in conference play they were at three and eight just a little bit ago now they're at nine and eight what have you seen from this northeastern team paying over the past few weeks in terms of ca play and how do you think they've kind of gotten over that hump and started becoming a winning team in ca play well this whole season you know their pitching has been pretty solid had guys like Wyatt scotty eric yost really step up from last year and really i think it's been a lot of cam Schuldler kind of coming back to his uh, freshman year form, CRA is now down to 3.13. And then the defense is really getting better, you know, not having those careless errors that are hurting your pitchers when they're having such good starts. And during the start of the season, when they were well below 500, especially in conference play, their offense was not really doing much at all. They lacked a lot of the power that they had last year. They don't really get into that small ball mindset yet, but once they did, They really started rolling lots of sacrifice bunts, lots of stolen bases. And, you know, add a few home runs in there. You get games like the May 1st game against Townsend were 16 to 4. And then the May 6th game this past Friday against Hofstra, that's 13 to 1 win for them. It's really just everything's clicking at the right time. And I think this is the team that has always been here. It's just, you know, they didn't have their identity quite figured out yet. Yeah, I mean, you said it. you go back to some of these key matchups, uh, conference matchup against Towson, they put up 16 runs uh, to secure the sweep. The next game right after they put up 13 runs, that's 29 runs in two games, something you just didn't see from this Northeastern team, like long stretches in the early part of the season, scoring one run, scoring zero runs, scoring three runs, like they weren't able to get over that hump. And, you know, we, we talked about this in our earlier podcast. If you get one run, runs come in bunches, hitting is contagious, all these cliches in baseball. But it rings true for Northeastern. I mean, they had a six-run inning in the 16-4 to game um, that was capped off by a pinch hit three-run homer by Jack Thorbon. And, you know, I talked to Mike Glavin after the game, and he was like, this is the offensive explosion that we kind of needed. 
all of our guys work really hard. It's just nice to see that pay off. And it's been paying off over time now in, in these conference series. Um, they're probably going to lose um, today. Uh, the doubleheader in Hofstra is a seven-inning game. They're down five, I believe, in the sixth. So barring, you know, a, a huge comeback, they, they might end up being nine and nine in, in conference play going into a UConn game. But you mentioned as well the pitching. I mean, this pitching has been spectacular. Ninth best in the country at ERA. Wyatt Scotty, Eric Yost have a lot to do with that, but also this bullpen. I mean, Thomas Balboni, Jordy Allard, a lot, a lot of these guys, Allard co- coming in um, as a as a transfer. I mean, something you you don't you don't expect Allard to be as successful as he has been. So the, the pitching has stayed constant, and then the hitting has kind of evolved into what we've seen or what we've known it can be. And that and that comes even with one of their best hitters, Mike Sirota, being out for an extended period of time. Uh, Luke Mazik has stepped up in his absence. Guys like Danny Crossan are starting to rake from the bottom of the lineup, Justin Bosland. And it's it's just looking like things are coming together for, for Northeastern. Yeah, you talk about Sirota. He went down in that series against High Point, I believe. Yeah, he's, he has not played since April 22nd, the first High Point game. Luke Mazik, fellow freshman, has really stepped up. Currently the uh, team's second leader in average behind Sirota. He's played almost every game since the Harvard Beanpot game and then all the conference games through that. Played really well in absence of Sirota, bringing some, the same kind of speed he has, not quite the same pop. I don't really know if anyone has the kind of pop that Sirota does. You know, he's still the team leader in home runs, and he hasn't played in the last two weeks or so. Yeah, Masics really stepped up, and the catchers, both of them, you know, J.P. Olsen, Teddy Baudet, they're both struggling, hitting under 200 to start the season. But now they're two of the better offensive contributors on this team. Olsen hitting 276 with nine stolen bases. I mean, he's just really a dynamic player that you don't really see at the catcher position, even though he doesn't have a lot of power. That speed, kind of just a real staple of this Northeastern lineup. It's really helping move things along at the bottom of that order. Yeah, the bottom of the order has been breaking. Um, talked about Danny Cross and the guy who hit over 340 last year, has started only half of Northeastern's games this season because of a hand injury and has has been kind of slow and coming back batting just about 100 uh, coming into the past few weeks. But now up at 192, he's been breaking, had a four-hit game against Towson in that series. And another guy to note, of course, um, Spencer Smith. He, he's a guy that we don't really see as, as one of the premier hitters in this lineup. But he's in the two hole now, and he since he started batting second, he's hitting just a hair under 300. I asked Mike Lavin about this as well, and he said it, it's mostly just to to break up of a lot of the righties in the top of the lineup. And you know, Smith a lefty hitting in that two hole, but he has been raking from there. He he's had a couple of of good at bats. He's he's um, put down great bunts, things like that. So you're you know, Mike Lavin kind of moving pieces around. We we've seen Smith hit from the nine hole a lot in his northeastern career up in the two hole now uh, with Costello leading off the majority of the time in these past few games. And we've seen this kind of work out for Northeastern, you know, Costello uh, singles to, to lead off the game in Towson, Smith bunts him over. You have uh, the three, four hitters there to, to drive from in Max Fierre, um, Corey DiLoretto there, JP Olsen. And, and that's kind of how this Northeastern team operates now, small ball manufacturing runs. And then occasionally you have those big two out RBI hits. Luke Mazik supplied a lot of those, in the Towson series and, and in the, the, the past few games against Hofstra. So as the pitching stays constant, the bullpen stays constant, the starters, Camp Slither, like you said, getting back on track, the offense is starting to come into play as well. Yeah, really, those well-timed singles is an important thing that you know there. 
situational hitting has been great for this team. You know, steam back to that Hartford game. They played back the end of April. They won 3-1. They scored all three runs in the second inning off of three straight singles. And that's what you want to do. So I get balls through the infield. You don't have to hit them very hard. They're going to score runners. And, you know, when your pitching staff is working the way it is, you don't really need to worry about scoring that many runs. You know, they just had six hits that game, but they won. You know, Hartford only had five. And that's really what you need to do. Get well time to hits and then let your staff do the work. You know, earlier on the season, I think they're playing a little bit too heavy of a burden on their pitchers. You know, they'd be given one run, like one run leads, no leads at all, you know, two run deficits just because their offense can't do much. And, you know, the team's only given up two or three runs a game. But really, it's all starting to click now. And even though Glavin most likely won't get any coach of the year raise because they were the top team coming in, he's doing a great job really just dealing with a lot of pieces in this lineup. A lot of guys coming back from injury, a lot of freshmen that are showing that they need playing time. It's just a really tough lineup to work through, but I think Glavin's done a great job so far. Yeah, talking about um, Mike Glavin uh, in, the, in the first game against Hofstra, he kind of set the same kind of lineup that he was, he was doing in the Towson series. He had Jeff Costello, Spencer Smith, Corey DiLoretto, Luke Beckstein, and they absolutely smoked baseball. Jeff Costello put together a double, Corey DiLoretto, two doubles and a homer. Justin Dawson hit a homer, Luke Beckstein a double and a triple. So, you know, we, we're not going to see home runs a lot from this team, but when we do see them, they're, they're in big spots. Um, you know, DiLoretto hit a homer in the first inning, put Northeastern up. They didn't relinquish that lead. Uh, in the entire game, Eric Yost pitched in that game, had a fantastic outing, five and a third, one run, four strikeouts. So, you know, just getting on top early, even if it's not manufacturing run, even if it's, you know, the occasional home run by this Northeastern team, like they're getting on top early and, and they're closing teams out. And we talked about this, that, you know, they had a really tough start to the season. They, they were playing teams like NC State, who they, they played incredibly well against NC State. Um, that, that was kind of, uh, we, we mentioned that as, as a really surprising series win against a really top team in the country. But then, you know, Clemson, they, they lost that series. They, they had a tough series against Clemson. So, but now in conference, they're playing incredibly well. That's what really matters, especially as we get into the CEA tournament, a tournament that Northeastern won last year. So as we, we were staying in CEA play, I believe the majority, or if not all of Northeastern's games coming up are CEA. Yeah, so they have CEA series and games against UMass Lowell and UConn that aren't conference games. But other than that, they're all in conference. So, you know, Northeastern, they have kind of a blueprint of how to play these CEA teams, and they're doing a really, really good job executing it so far. Yeah, and with their upcoming games, too, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge. They're playing UNCW this upcoming weekend, one of the better offenses in the conference. Pitching staff is about middle of the pack. They're currently fifth with a four and a half ERA. And then the final series of the year will be them going down to play the Blue Hens in Delaware. Delaware as a team is hitting 298 as the second most runs in the conference. They're pitching, though, five runs a game. So that's definitely be an interesting challenge for Northeastern to see if their offense can keep up with the high offense of Delaware. And just going through some of those other conference stats to see how Northeastern lines up there. I mean, they really show the kind of identity this team has. They're by far the lowest team in terms of selling percentage, sitting at 329 as a team. Um, the next lowest is 355 with Elon. But they lead the conference in stolen bases in the 76 total. 
you know, the team ERA 3.7, more than a quarter of a run better than the next team. You know, they don't give up a lot of runs and they wheel around those bases and, you know, it's working out so far, but I'm not really sure how they're going to do once their pitching staff gets to some of those better offenses in conference. Cause I, to, to be fair, Hofstra and Towson, not two of the better teams in the CAA. Hofstra scores almost the fewest or the second fewest runs per game after Northeastern and Towson, their pitching staff is, I mean, they have to be one of the worst in the country there. Currently their team has a 7.97 ERA. Um, but, you know, at least, at least Northeastern scored some runs against a team like that. Yeah. And right now, I think this dull header is about to wrap up with Hofstra. That, of course, you received Connecticut May 10th down at UConn. That is this upcoming Tuesday. And then, Colin, what are you looking forward to the rest of the schedule-wise? You know, we have Senior Day coming up next Sunday, May 15th. Yeah, you know, Northeastern, this this Hofstra series is probably, or I, I should say the UNCW series coming up is probably their biggest challenge um, in terms of conference play. Um, the best team in the conference is the College of Charleston. The road through the CEA is going to lead them inevitably to the College of Charleston if they can make it that far. Uh, this is a team that swept them earlier in the season, but that was all, that was more than a month ago. That was uh, at late March when they got swept by the College of Charleston. So you know, this is a different team than it was a month and a half ago. It, it just is. They, they're, they're starting to hit the ball more. They're starting to execute their game plan more. So I, I see that that UNCW series is kind of another litmus test in conference play. But as we get into the tournament, as we get into the, the postseason for, for this conference, I, I see Northeastern being successful um, because I think they match up incredibly well with teams that have high-powered offenses because they're pitching. We know their pitching could shut down high-powered offenses. And we know this team can manufacture runs. You know, it, it, a, a, a team that has an incredibly low ERA like Northeastern uh, playing against Northeastern, you know, you can manufacture runs against a team with a really low ERA. You, you don't have to rely on long balls. You don't have to rely on extra base hits if you're a Northeastern team that gets on base, moves runners over, and then gets a one or two clutch hits with runners to score position. Yeah, you know, also in college, most teams aren't going to be really expecting to play a team that does small ball and, you know, expect my club to really pull out all the stops in terms of funky game plans when it comes to conference play, try and win any way they can. It's really exciting to see what this team does at the rest of the stretch. Conference play, like I said, just eight more games in total, two series, you know, the single matchups between Lowell and Connecticut, and then Memorial Day weekend, you know, conference tournament starts. Yeah, it's a Northeastern team that obviously went all the way through the CAA tournament last year. Of course, a lot of names not present in this lineup that were there last year. But I know, I mean, standouts, you mentioned him earlier. J.P. Olsen is a huge standout for me. This is a catcher that is incredibly good defensively. He threw out two runners and one inning against Towson. And we talked, I talked to Mike Lavin about Olsen, and, and he actually started him in all three games against Towson, back-to-back-to-back games, which you don't see from a catcher a lot. That's just a testament to Glavin's trust in Olsen. And I mean, he raked in that series. He he stole a base. He he threw out runners at uh, from behind the plate. And he had an RBI triple. He had, a, he had an RBI single. He he moved, uh, he scored from first on an RBI double. Like he was really, really good. This is a guy for this Northeastern team that is really standing out in the absence of huge power hitters. He's really, you know, coming to his own as as a as a hitting catcher, but then also as a defensive catcher. 
Um, I mean, you, I, I, I covered that Towson series and the Towson catcher, uh, Burke Camper just let a bunch of pass balls get by him. A lot of uh, just miscues behind the play. That's something Northeastern doesn't have to worry about. They have two very solid catchers in Bodet and J.P. Olsen. And then I, I mentioned him before, but Spencer Smith really coming into his own as a two-hole hitter. And then, you know, Luke Masek, I, I've really, really liked what I've seen from him in, in the absence of Mike Sirota coming in, hitting above 300, um, had a game-ending diving catch in, in the first game against Towson, and you know, he's just looked really, really solid for this Northeastern team. And it's something that you don't necessarily expect from a freshman, from a guy coming in, you know, Mike Sirota, the freshman, he, he's doing all he can for Northeastern, but uh, Luke Masek taking advantage of his opportunities is something that cannot be overstated for this Northeastern team at all. Yes. He's really had a lot of young guys that stepping up here. You know, Olsen, just a redshirt sophomore, Masek a freshman, Sirota freshman. You know, you have Keen, Balboni, Shoulder all redshirt sophomores. Yost, a true sophomore. You know, team very young. Really, the only guys they're losing, Jeff Costello. They're losing Baudet, a couple pitchers, but really, or Spencer Smith, redshirt junior. So, really lots of young talent on this team. And even though maybe they didn't get the start they wanted to, everything looks bright going forward for the Huskies. Yeah, I mean, every team in the conference plays in the tournament, right? So they're getting hot at the right time. I just talked about uh, this previous game against Hofstra in the, in, uh, in the first game of the doubleheader. They put up five runs in the first. They staked Cam Schlittler to a five-run lead. Schlittler goes, I believe, six strong in a seven-inning game. It's as much as you want from a starting pitcher. And Northeastern wins six to two. I mean, that's, that's all you really want in that first inning. They scored five runs. Fier had an RBI single. J.P. Olsen, RBI single. Uh, Luke Basic, RBI single. So, like like you said, clutch hitting, running to score position, and then staking themselves to an early lead. That's how you win baseball games. Uh, if, if you're Northeastern, you're not going to hit four or five homers a game. You're probably not going to hit two homers a game um, if, you, if you're the Huskies. So, th- this, is, this is a blueprint on how to win conference games. Is you, you get out to an early lead and rely on your starting pitching. And that's something that they've been able to do with Schlittler, and with Scotty and with Yo, Sebastian Keene has been a little iffy so far this season. Um, but the run support statistic uh, that was put together by Brandon Polar, SID, Keene gets the most run support out of any Northeastern pitcher, averaging just above 6.1 runs a game, uh, which is far more than any other Northeastern starting pitcher. So of all the pitchers that need the run support, it's Keene with that high ERA of his. Um, but it, it is something to, to write home about how the Northeastern hitters tend to come to play, tend to come to the play when Keene is starting. Yeah, the bats definitely wake up when he's on the mound. Except for that. today, the second game of the doubleheader. But we don't have to talk about it. Well, well, the second game is strange because this is currently in the bottom of the eighth inning. And the first one only went seven. So I'm not yeah, sure I was what's very happening about that. over on Long Island. But Hofstra's um, in Long Island. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, yes, it is. Um, Hofstra currently up I guess it's on Long Island. Zero. That's the, yes. That's the phrase. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Um, yeah, they're going. They going to the eighth. Not sure why the first one was cut short, but it's like Hasha will seal this one up. Just about an inning left to go in this game. Northeasters has only only has four hits, three errors though. Pretty bad for the Huskies, but still up to this game. They'd won six straight conference games and looked very very solid. Yeah, this is this is a three-hour game for Northeastern. That this is kind of what you 
you you saw earlier in the season for the Huskies. This is something that Mike Clavin thought that the team put behind them. They they've put together a really solid run of games. You know, something like this was bound to happen eventually um, for for the Huskies. So it, it it is a tough game here at the end of the series, but they're gonna notch a series sweep against Towson, notch a series win against Hofstra, and they're going into um, a game against UConn, I believe, then UNCW, but. So it, it is going to be an interesting end of the season for, for Northeastern. They're, they're playing very solid baseball overall. They had, like I said, the ninth best ERA in the country, best ERA in the conference. They just got to ride this starting pitching as long as they can take them. And I think, you know, with Scotty, Yost, and Schlittler, at this point, it can take them pretty, it can take them pretty far. Yeah, and uh, with that, Colin, do you want to give everyone your uh, classical wrap-up? Yeah, you know, I'm in Augusta, Georgia now. So if anyone listening is down here in the South, wants to say hi. You know, I, I live in, in a house over here. I won't give you my address because then, you know, the fan mail will start pouring in and, you know, we don't have the bandwidth to, to take in all, all of that fan mail. But, you know, you see me around, say hi. I believe Peyton is still in Boston. He's not in sunny Connecticut anymore. Uh, so if you see Boston I... walking around or if you see Peyton walking around Boston, be sure to say hi to him. He may be broadcasting Northeastern's upcoming games. So talk to him there, get his autograph. He'll be famous one day. We all know it. I would um, like to make it known I've never lived in Connecticut ever. I, Not I once in know, my I life. I don't know about that. That is the, the jury is still out on that one. But okay. You know, you know, Peyton is still in Boston. He's got a new place. Peyton, if you want to keep it over in your address, you know, you can get some visitors. Um Roxbury Crossing, Massachusetts. That is as much as people are going to get. Um, okay, yeah. well, just 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 traverse that area of Massachusetts and see if you can find Peyton walking around. You guys can um, try. You'll you'll never catch me. But on that note, uh, for WRBB Sports uh, and the WRBB Sports Podcast Network, listen to our other podcasts. We have the Bean Pod. We have um, the. I was going to say Brookline Baseball Club, but that's this one. So that's this one. Obviously, already know this one exists. I'm going to say Fantasy Finessers as well. I don't know if it's like a WRBB podcast, but we're going to put out some episodes of that one as well. We have Raise the Banner and Husky you have Hoops, that one. And currently, that is all I believe. Yeah. We're, Peyton, are you going to put together an F1 podcast? Um, oh, that's a really good question. Um, also, we have Dog Pound Sports Sound and Hockey this week. Can't forget oh, yeah, that. I did forget about it. Am I going to put together F1? Probably not, no. We'll see. You know, in F1, there are a lot of those overtakes. So, yeah, I know the the vocabulary of F1. That's when you... You're right. There are a lot of those overtakes. You're not wrong. My brother taught me about that. Anyway, um, for the WRBB Sports Podcast Network and WRBB 104.9 FM, Peyton Doyle, joined by Conquer Until next time, stay happy out there, folks. Goodbye.